if you have your Bibles with you, open it up to Romans chapter 5. This is Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 8. A close friend of mine encouraged this message to me, and I want to encourage it to you. So, starting at verse 8, Romans chapter 5, 8 through 11. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son. Much more than having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in that God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now been now received the reconciliation. Would you guys stand and pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, for taking our place on that cross, for bearing our sins. It's through your blood that we are saved. Lord, I know that some of us feel we need to work to try to defeat the stumbling blocks in our lives. But while, but while we are trying to prove, ourse- prove to ourselves that someday we'll be good enough for your perfect love, there you are on the sidelines waiting to give it to us. So Lord, we come to you this morning imperfect. I pray that each of us this morning stop trying to earn something you already gave to us. I pray that each of us live in your goodness and accept the blessings. Your grace is sufficient. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we are going to do something just a tad different, just a slightly different. Pastor Shiloh, where is Pastor Shiloh? There's Pastor Shiloh. Come on up here. Uh, A few weeks ago, we made the announcement that uh, uh, there's going to be some slight changes, some shifting within the staff and some the expectations and duties and so on, that Pastor Peter is going to be the... uh, the uh, uh, young adults pastor and do some other things as well as the, all, all the things he's usually been doing, all the video and all that sort of thing. But he's going to be uh, focusing on young adults and have teaching a, a Wednesday night young adult class and uh, and so on and so forth. And then Pastor Shiloh is going to be moving. Or has he's already moved in our in our hearts? He's already moved uh, through. Um, the uh, camp, we, he moved into the youth pastor role, and then he's also overseeing all of the children's ministry. And so they begin this week uh, with the, uh, with the uh, uh, starting back up the youth group. Do you want to share just a little bit about that and what you're doing? Yeah, so on Wednesday night, starting this week, and it'll be a seven, six-week course, uh, we're going to be doing Do Hard Things, which is all about uh, teenagers growing and, and realizing that they have authority, they have power, and they, they have the ability to make change in this world. Um, so we're going to be starting that course, and it'll go three weeks, break for Washington County Fair, and then another three weeks. Uh, but this is going to be exciting because we're, we're, we're doing it back to only the youth, where, it, where it's only... Uh, youth from 6th grade to 12th grade, uh, and we'll be getting to know each other, uh, hanging out more, getting prepared for the fall and the school year ahead. So I'm re- really excited to get started with that this Wednesday. So, 
Amen. Amen. And what we wanted to do uh, before that begins is just pray for him. Uh, and then in the fall, when the young adult starts up, we're going to pray for Peter. But it's just good to stand with him, isn't it? Amen. So let's pray. Let's just uh, pray with us and want to dedicate this young man and his, his gifts and talents and callings to God. Thank you, Father, for Shiloh. Thank you for his life, for the things you're doing in him and calling him to. Thank you, Father, you've equipped him for years and years and years, many years. He's grown up in it. But Lord, he also has been equipped from the foundations, Father. You, you, you looked at him and you called him before he was even formed in his mother's womb. Thank you for him, that he's, he's here and he's using his gifts for the, for the kingdom and that he's using the gifts for this part of the kingdom, for this church, and we we're so blessed. Lord, I just thank you that everything he has need of, Lord, he, he gets. He, he, is, he receives every bit of wisdom, every bit of ability, every bit of patience, every bit of protection from the youth, and uh, everything in between. Thank you for him, Father and all that he's doing. And we just dedicate him now to the service in this new role in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Shiloh. All right, so what we're going to do real quick is we actually are going to do the offering and the announcements real quick here. Uh, And there's a specific reason I want to do that. So I'm going to give this to Linda, and Linda is going to do the offering really quick. So let's turn in your Bible, if you have it, or your device. We're going to the book of Matthew, the chapter 6. I've got one scripture I want to read for you. And I want you to think about this. We're all at different levels, aren't we? Isn't that amazing how God can take care of us at every level that we're at? Amen. It's so good. He is so good. Let me read the word because I'm assuming you've found your place. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So everything in our lives is choices, isn't it? We're always making good choices. And that's what we want to do when we're thinking about our worship That's what we want to do when we're giving an offering to God, because isn't that worship too? Absolutely. We're saying, God, you've given this to me. I'm giving a portion of it back to you. And he's leading you, right? He's showing you what to do, because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Right? Hallelujah. And I'm going to expect him to do that today. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the offering that the people will give. We know they'll be obedient to you, and we just bless you, Father. We give you these offerings as a token of our love, as a token of our worship and our esteem to you. And we just praise you, Lord. We love you. And we thank you for this day, for life and breath and health. And we thank you that we will do everything you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So I had a completely different verse, chapter and verse, to start out with this morning until uh, uh, Danny uh, shared what he shared. And as he read that verse, there was an anointing on that part of Scripture. So I want to go back there and uh, steal his thunder and, uh, and uh, share a little more. Romans chapter 5. 
Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6. As you're turning there, I've been doing a series on grace, talking about grace. What is grace? Grace isn't a, a, you know, I mean, there is a definition where it's a series of movements and doing it in a graceful way. But we're talking about the God kind of grace. We're talking about what is, what, what did God do for us? And, and what he did for us was by grace. And these verses, man, they just, they, they just hit it so clear. Romans chapter five, beginning with verse six. Says, for we will, while, blah, 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 let me try that again. For while we were still weak, I'm reading out of the uh, uh, ESV instead. I don't know what version he used, but I'm using the ESV. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's powerful. I mean, when you think about that, when you think about it, you know, what, what do you have to do to be saved? What do you have to do to be saved? Nothing. Except believe Him. Believe that what He did on the cross was for you. Because it says, while you were still weak, while you were still weak, you had no way to do it for yourself, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you know that Christ did not die for the godly? He wouldn't have needed to. We're going to read that. That, that. These verses say that very clearly. He didn't have to die for the perfect. He had to die for us. The imperfect. The screw-ups. The weak. Which we all are. Every one of us. He died for us. Verse 7, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. I used to read that verse and it used to bother me. What does it mean that he, you know, why would, you know, one would scarcely die for a righteous? Well, you don't need to. It'd be a waste of time. But he looked at us through history. He looked at human beings and said, I know I'm going to have to die for them. I know I'm going to have to sacrifice myself. And it was in the, in the deepest part of that ungodliness. Perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. Verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not work. wait for you to be perfect. He did not wait for you to have it all figured out. He did not wait for you to show a little glimmer of hope that maybe you're going to be okay. He died for you while you were still a sinner. While you were lost in sin, while the world was lost in sin, he died for you. Verse 9 Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more, everybody say much more, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Much more, significantly more amazingly more totally more any more is it those adverbs or adjectives descriptive word completely more he he died for us since he died for us in our sin how much more will he save us 
Now, doesn't that sound redundant? Now, think about this. It sounds, yeah, I just said, by, by, he, he died on the cross for a righteous person, but now he's, he's already died for our sins. And then it says in verse 9, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him. What does that mean? It means more than you might think. And that's exactly where this, where, where this, where I, what the sermon I prepared, and you're going to hear it, because I mean, you know, I've got all day. You're going to hear that sermon too. That's exactly where I was heading today. And when he shared that, I was like, man, there it is again. Because he saved us. Okay, what did he save us from? Well, first and foremost, the thing that pops into everybody, you know, everybody's head is hell. He saved us from hell. If that was all he did, praise God. We don't go to hell. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not all he died for. That's not all he suffered for. How much more will he save you? And the thing is, the English language is pretty good. It's okay. It works for us. But there are languages that are a lot more descriptive. And one of them is Greek. Greek words, they, they have so much more meaning in them. You know, you, they, we say the word saved, and they use the word, what's the word, anybody? No, Greek scholar? Sozo. Sozo is a loaded word. Sozo does, just doesn't mean that we're saved out of hell. It means we're saved out of a whole bunch of things. And we're going to get to that. But here it, it says it right here again. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Verse 10. For if while we were enemies, look at that, man, don't let, don't just skim over that. He loved you so much even when you were his enemy. Christ died for us. John 3.16. You ever thought of John 3.16 this way? For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. What is the what is one of the enemies of God? The world. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Those are the enemies of God. I could show you in Scripture. I don't. That's a whole other sermon series, maybe someday down the road. But the enemies of God is the world, the flesh, and the devil, evil. And it says, for God so loved... Does that mean that God loves his enemies? It just says he does. While we were still enemies, Christ died for us. My goodness, what did you have to do for salvation? Nothing. He did it. We just have to believe that He did it for us. Receive it. Humble ourselves. I mean, okay, what do we have to do? Humble yourself. Believe. Confess. Yeah, but he, you don't have to earn it. That's grace. That's where we've been. I don't want to spend a ton of time on that again. But it, it, we have to catch this idea that, that this, He did this when you did not deserve it at all. He saved you. But what does saved mean? That's what we need to understand, or I want you to understand today. 
Let me just do that again. Verse 10, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, there it is again, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by His life. If you've already been saved from your sin, what do you need to be saved from? There's more. There's so much more. Verse 11, and here we go one more time. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You ever, you know, those, uh, those commercials, and I don't, I don't watch TV, I don't watch that kind of TV anymore, or if I, if, they, if I have to watch a commercial, it's muted instantaneously. Don't want to hear any more commercials in the rest of my life. Amen. <sighs> Amen. But you remember those commercials? We're going to give you this Ginsu knife. But wait! There's more. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. God was the, was the first infomercial. But wait! There's more. Because you believe today, you're also going to receive this free gift and... There's so much more. We're going to give you this free gift. And just, be, just thinking, you know, if you thought that was all you're going to get, there's more. Now that's a deal. I'll leave that commercial on. That's a good deal. That's a, that's a good place. Amen. Amen. All right. I, I wanted to start that. That was, where did you get, did you just like look at just Bible roulette and just tuck your finger in and no. <laughs> From his brother. Praise God. Tell him he gets credit. Nothing monetarily, but he just gets credit. He's good job. Good job. Turn with me now to Ephesians. That's where we've been. We started, we've been starting out. But I wanted you to see that there's more. What, you know, because we've, I've spent two weeks talking about grace. By grace, you're saved through faith. It's not of your, it's not of yourself. It's not, you know, we're going to read this. It, it is the, it is the gift of God. We don't have to do anything to be saved. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough. But we have to understand that we're saved from that, that way. We don't have to be good enough and, and perfect enough and never mess up and never screw up to, to get salvation from hell. Why do we think we need to be good enough or do enough to receive the rest of the stuff that he saved us from. We fall into this trap that somehow now, now that we're saved, we now have to earn the rest. And that's a lie. Ephesians chapter 2, begin with verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, there it is, Romans and Ephesians are like, like mirror, it's beautiful. Because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That verse right there, so so beautiful. Because He didn't just save us, He lifted us into heavenly places with Christ. I love to be able to just expound on that, but I'm just going to give you the answer. He 
brought us up into relationship into it isn't that we are equal to him it's he's made us equal to him oh theologically i just felt about 10 people go we are equal with christ the bible says you are joint heirs with christ of all the blessings of god Joint heirs. If you have a family of four and they are joint heirs, which one gets more? The oldest. <laughs> Comes from an oldest right there. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> the oldest gets that. Yes, of course. That's the way it should be. <laughs> well, as a middle child. <laughs> amen. Amen. In God's kingdom, we're all, we're in this together. It isn't that, that somehow I earned my way or I'm, I'm good enough or I'm somehow I've made myself equal with Christ. My goodness, that would be stupid way to think. But he chose, while we were still enemies, to raise us up and seat us in heavenly places with Christ. He chose. He decided. He did it. And if, if you if you have trouble with that, you're going to have a trouble with a lot of stuff. That's reality. If you're if you have trouble with believing that God loves you, is, does God love you more, or does God love Jesus more, or does He love you just as much as He loves Jesus? He loves me just as much as He as He loves Jesus. He, we are co, co we are co heirs. We are co laborers. We are co, we're, we call Him. He's our brother. Yes, he's Jesus, of course. He's the highest name above all names. Always will be. But he chose to make me one of his sons also. And you. And you. If you have trouble with that, man, you've got to get past that. Because you're going to miss so much if you think somehow you're, you're, you're two steps below Jesus. That's not blasphemy, man. That's, that's biblical truth. Because when you start, because Satan will always take that little bit of, well, you're two steps below, and he will grind you into the ground, and you, and he will convince you that you don't deserve anything. It's okay to be a little cocky about it. I am co, I am co-heir with Christ. I am a, I, he loves me. He loves me. Now I know Dennis DeMar thinks he's God's favorite. I've heard that before. But we're all his favorite. Just, just to let you know, we're all God's favorite. Verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Praise God. Okay, I got through that. That's the intro. That's what we've been talking about. That's the intro. Here's where we need to go today. This is, this is so cool. I saw this, found this quote this week, and this, this is really interesting. And, and pop it up there. Yeah, there it is. You got it ready for us? Uh, not, yep, there you go. Great danger lurks where people assume they're so bad they've outsinned the grace of God. 
Now just focus on that one for a second. I know they're both up there, but just focus on that one. Great danger lurks where people assume they're so bad they've outsinned the grace of God. If you think in any way, shape, or form that God can't love you, you're wrong. If you feel like you somehow have done too much or so, you did that one thing, just that one thing, that one thing, and it was so bad in your eyes, and I'm sure it's so bad in God's eyes, there's no way. I've outsinned the grace of God. That's dangerous. Because if you think that, you'll act that way. You can't let that be. That, you have not outsinned the grace of God. If you want to sit down and compare horrible, nasty, rotten sins, just talk to Wayne. <laughs> and God gave him grace. Amen? Amen. I guarantee you, you have not outsinned God. I used to think I outsinned God. There was a point in my life where I thought I'd gone too far. And you know what he showed me? I hadn't. He loved me. He loves me. Doesn't matter what I did. It doesn't matter how stupid I was. Doesn't matter how much I ran from him and, and rejected him and, 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 and ignored him and didn't sin and did whatever I wanted to do. It didn't matter. You can't outsin God. If you think, don't do it. Let's just stop there. Don't do it. But here's the other side of it. Great danger lurks when people assume they're so good, they've outvirtued their need for it. How often do you need grace? Every moment of every day. Every moment of every day. We need grace. I need grace. I've been in this for a long time. Some of you may have been in it longer than me. You need grace. We need grace. I need grace. I need God's ability. I know who I am. I know what I can, what I can fall back into in a second. I need His grace. His ability to live righteous. I mean, He's made me righteous, but to live right. To live in a way that, that honors him not in a way that pleases him but in a way that honors him i need help i can't be good enough i really can't grace we talked about what grace was the definition i used for the first two weeks it's it's the right definition but i'm going to give you another an, an expanded version of the definition of grace, but the first couple of weeks we talked about that it's the unmerited favor of God. The unmerited means you can't earn it, you can't deserve it, you don't deserve anything other than... And But He decided to give you grace, give you the ability to be a part of His family, give you the ability to live with Him forever. That's grace. That's what we started with. But I'm going to go a little deeper. We're going to go into the Greek. Are you ready to go into the Greek? Thank you for that just enthusiasm. <laughs> sure. I got I got 20 more minutes, of course. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Great. Yeah, stop now. It's too late. Too late. Grace, the biblical word used for grace and it's it's in Ephesians, it's the one that's used in Ephesians, it's the one that's used in Romans. It's when when it's talking about the grace of God, this is the verse or this is the Greek word that you that it, it is talking about and you have seen it before over and over is charis. 
It's charis, is the, the Greek word for grace. And the uh, Blue Letter Bible, which is connected to the Strong's Concordance and whole, all kinds of other things, defines grace or charis as goodwill, loving kindness, favor of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting His holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, turns them to Christ. That's, how, that's, that's what we've been talking about for two weeks. We're gonna, and we've talked about being saved, being saved from our sins, being saved from corruption, being saved from, the, from hell. But now we're going to go beyond that to what it also means. It isn't just for that. It's for much, much more. And it does that. It, this definition turns that corner right here of the merciful kindness by which God exerting His holy influence upon souls turns them to Christ. But then it also keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. When I'm talking about when, when we talk about grace, once we get saved, let's let's just let's assume you're saved. Now if you're not saved, we can take care of that. How do you get saved? By confessing the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that He came to this earth, He lived on this earth in a, in a physical form, he, he died on a cross for your sins. It's even more than just believing that He died on the cross for sins. You have to confess, you have to believe that He died for your sins. Yes. I, I take that payment for my sins, it's the only way I get into heaven. That's how you're saved. It isn't by coming up front and kneeling or raising your It's not by saying some specific words. It's about a belief in your heart, and then you confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is now the Lord of your life. Because if He is who He says He is, He gets to be God. And He's Lord. Whatever He tells you to do, you do it. That's how you be saved. So let's assume, we're not, you know, I'm not assuming, but assume you're saved. But now, how do you live the rest of your life? How do you get up every morning and follow God? Do you know you can't even follow God right in your own ability? I've tried it. I've tried to get up in the morning and be good. She knows me better than anybody. <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Anybody here can do it. Anybody got up every morning and you go, oh, man, I'm, a, I'm on a string. I'm 10 days into this and I haven't, I've been good. I've been good. I haven't doubted. I haven't feared. I haven't, you know, done whatever. I haven't lusted over so-and-so's shoes. I haven't, you know. No, we can't do it. How do we actually live this life? By grace. He gives us the ability to live this life by grace, by His grace. Now, don't, don't think there's a different definition now for grace. It's still the unmerited favor and ability of God. The grace to live this life is the exact same grace that saved you. It's because He decided, He looked at you and He goes, You need a Savior. All right, first and foremost, you need a Savior. 
you need to be saved because you're not going to make it. So I'm going to send my son. He's going to die on the cross. He's going to raise from the dead. He paid your price. Now you're part of my family. But he also looked at you and said, you're not going to make it every day doing what I need you to do. So I'm going to now continue to give you grace every day to live the life. How do I get up every morning and do what I do? By God's grace. Because if I tried to do this in my own strength, I would be a shriveled up ball of a mess in a corner rocking. Because I deal with you all day long. No, I know. I went too far. I'm sorry. I, I repent. See? See? Right there. See? I can't do it. I can't be good. I just can't be good. But he gives you the ability to do this. He gives you the ability. It's by God's grace, his ability, his unmerited favor through you to do all the things you're supposed to do and to be all the things. And then when you mess up, he gives you mercy and grace and forgives you and then you start all over again. Well, that's not fair. Exactly. It's not fair. Praise God for his scandalous grace it's scandalous there's a book written about it scandalous grace that you don't it's not fair it's not fair that i screwed up as a i didn't did i i screwed up yesterday i screwed up yesterday as a husband and i get to get up this morning and start all over again and by his grace i can't be good i can't i okay okay she's the reason she's laughing is i screwed up this morning I made her late to worship practice. It was my fault. I take all responsibility for making her late. It's my, I don't, yeah, see? But it's like, it's forgiven, see? So you don't get to, you don't get to, like, okay, it's just. (laughs) I don't receive that check mark. It's erased. But you see what I'm saying? You, you, get up to, you get to wake up tomorrow and do it again. Now, the more, what do you have to do to be able to actually go through a day and do pretty good? How hard do you have to work to actually get through a day and actually have done pretty well? You know, you didn't doubt, you didn't fear, you didn't criticize, you didn't have judgmental, you didn't, 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 didn't steal, kill, or destroy. You know, what do you, how hard do you have to work? It's not about how hard you work at being good. It's about waking up every morning going, God, I know I can't do this. Do it through me, Father. Help me. Help me today, Father, to be a good husband. Help me today to be a good father, a good worker, a good boss, a good Christian. Help me, to, help, help me Father. I need your help. How much effort do you have to put into it to make sure that happens during the day? None. Because it's not by works. It's by grace that He saves you from all the stuff He saves you. He saves me from being a bad husband, from being a bad father. um, He saves me from being a bad me. And, and, and I look at myself after 36 years of walking this, and, and I'm really in, I'm, I'm in, I'm totally in. 
You know, I used to literally screw up a lot more than I do now. And in a lot worse ways. And it's not because I somehow, with all my energy, started being good. It's because I woke up most mornings and went, Lord, I, I know I, I know who I am. I need your grace today. I need you to do it through me. So, so when that happens, and actually good things happen, something happens, something does happen that's amazing. I am a good husband and my wife is happy and, and my children are, I grow up to be decent human beings. It's not me. I can't take credit for any of this. I can't take credit for any of this, for this church. I can't take credit for what God's doing in the valley. I, can't, I take zero credit for it. Why? Because it's His grace. It's His ability through me. As I've let Him do that, He does things, and, and I'll, I'll look at it and go, wow, that worked. This is amazing. Look what God's doing. In the secular world, you can, you can, by God's grace, do your job. And watch what happens. You let Him do your job through you. He'll give you wisdom and understanding and strength. He'll give you patience. When everybody else is ticked at the boss... Can't stand the boss, bad-mouthing the boss behind their back. And God gives you the grace somehow to get through without doing that. You're going to be, you're going to be rewarded for that. God will reward you. It's His ability through. So it, grace is, uh, yes, it's unmerited favor, but it's also God's merciful kindness towards us, and He, he keeps us, saved. He keeps, he strengthens us in this walk. He increases our ability to walk as a Christian. He, he increases our knowledge. He increases our affection and kindles them to the exercise of the, of the Christian virtues. He, he, he is doing this through us. You read the verse in, in, in uh, Revelation. I don't have it here, but you can find it. Revelation, that we're all given crowns for all the stuff we've done. And for whoever just said, I don't get one, I'm sure. Stop it. Don't do that. We're going to be given crowns for, for how we've lived this Christian life. We've been, you know, we'll, we'll be in heaven and we're being judged, not because of our sin, but by what we did and how we did it. We're going to be given rewards. We're going to be given crowns. And we're going to be standing in front of the throne. <laughs> and what are we going to do? We're going to take them off. And we're going to throw them back in front of his feet. Not because we're somehow offended or somehow whatever, but we're going to know this was you. This was you. You did this in me. You gave me, you, you gave me a life that's worth living. I can tell you, I guarantee you, I, I testify, my life is significantly better than it was when I was doing it myself. But what's saved? It says that by grace. Grace is charis. What is saved? By grace you are saved. Saved is all the other word that, that is often uh, attributed to that is salvation. It is sozo. Sozo. That it is used everywhere. It's used in Romans. It's used in Ephesians. It's used, when it talks about being saved, it's talking about sozo. And the Blue Letter Bible says, says to save. To save. Obviously, we've used, we know that. But it means to keep safe and sound. 
to rescue from danger or destruction, to save one from injury or peril, to save a suffering one from perishing, to save one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore health. Well, no, no, no. I'm just going to take the part where it says I'm saved from my sins. I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't understand that whole thing about we're saved by, that God heals us. I, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to take too much from God. I don't want to expect too much. Love what Pastor Claudia, and I'll quote this the rest of my life. Pastor Claudia, Pastor Dan and Claudia started this church. Many times they're here. They're not here this morning. They're probably at the other church. But Pastor Claudia says, I don't want any more than what Christ died on that cross for me. I don't want any more than what He died on that cross for me. But I don't want anything less. I don't want anything less than what Jesus paid for on that cross. We don't, we can't look at when it says that, says that we're saved. We can't just look at that and go, I only want the not going to hell part. That is selfish. Prideful. He died for all of it. When it, he, God could have used any word. That just meant he's not, you're not going to hell. He could have said, I died on the, Jesus died on the cross so you don't go to hell. And that would have been it. But he didn't say use that word. He didn't say it that way. He says, he, by grace you are saved. Sozo. You're, you have salvation. And it includes all of these things. To save from a suffering one from perishing, one from suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue, to save in the technical biblical sense. I love that line. Technically, I'm just going to say it, quit arguing with me, he saves you to the uttermost. Fully, completely, in every way, he saves you. And he does it by grace. That's why we have to, that's, that's why I'm spent so much time talking about what grace is to get to this point. What do you have to do to be healed? You are healed. Well, I don't feel healed. Exactly. Because here's where you are saved by grace through faith. Through faith. You, you do have a part to play in this. It's not like you earned it, or, but you have to believe it. Remember, we started from the very beginning. What is faith? That was in, in, a, in a previous series. What is faith? It means to believe Him. I am saved by grace, by His unmerited favor, by His ability, by His, his strength. I'm saved through faith. I just believe Him. How are you healed? By reading your Bible every day? Memorizing all the healing Scriptures? Praying four or five hours a day? Listening to every healing teaching that's ever been put on the earth? No. How are you healed? By grace. He has saved you. (laughs) This is a tough one, man. 
Because we've been taught for so long that, well, I'm not healed. There must be something wrong with me. I, I, or, or, you know, let's just put it in the other way because people wouldn't say it. You know, there must be something wrong with that person because they're not healed. That is, that is, it's a, it's a lie from the pit of hell. Why are they not experiencing the physical manifest, manifestation of their healing? Because there's tons of reasons. They may not understand that they're already healed. They're already saved. They don't have to do anything to receive it. They don't have to earn it. They don't have to deserve it. They don't have to prove that they're good enough to receive the healing. What do they have to do? Just believe God. Just believe God and say, okay, I believe you. I'm healed. Now, now that I've said that, now I should read the Bible four or five hours a day to, to keep the healing, right? Or pray, get up every morning at 5 a.m., 5 a.m., and pray. Some people aren't morning people. That's, I just know who they are. If, if, to keep my healing, now I have to, be, I have to not Screw up in that one area of sin that I always screw up, screw up in to keep my healing, right? With conviction, please. Thank you. Even if you don't believe it. Fake it till you make it, right? Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We need work here because here's the deal. Everything I'm saying is true. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. Bible school students. Bible school students. You're the ones who've been to Bible school. Am I wrong? <laughs> she knows I'm not wrong and she hasn't been to Bible school. I know you're not wrong. But but what what if I still have a cold? What if I still walk with a limp? What if I still have a chest pain? What if I what if what if what if that isn't the point. The point is by faith, by grace you have been saved, sozo. By grace, you have been saved. You've been preserved. You've been protected. You've been you, you, to to to, to uh, save someone from perishing from disease. To save is in the technical biblical sense. By grace, you've been rescued from danger. By grace, you've been rescued from injury or peril. By grace, you are rescued from perishing. By grace, you are rescued from suffering from disease. By grace, you are healed. By grace, you are restored to health. By grace, you are preserved from destruction. By grace, you are saved or rescued. By grace, it's, it's His grace that does it. It's not how hard you work at it. It's not by how hard you study it. It's not, He has already done it. The greatest miracles I have ever seen happened when the person went all done trying now it's very important you don't stop there i'm done trying you have to go one step further i'm done trying i'm just going to receive what you did for me jesus when you put everything in his court by grace you've saved me father by grace you've healed me and i I could tell you the stories, you know, you could tell me my stories. I've said them so many times. But the times that I've seen the greatest miracles 
is when I have said, all done, I can't do anything about this. I had poison ivy. I was, I was camping along the Mississippi River about 35 years ago, 36 years ago. And camping is a loose term. We, we, we had a boat and we stopped on an island. We had no tent. We had no sleeping bag. We had no... We used to camp. We were a little more rustic than many of you would ever be. We would just find a place to lay down and go to sleep. Well, we, get, we, we stopped on this island in the middle of the night and we just found a place to lay down. The place I chose happened to be a poison ivy patch. <laughs> I didn't know it. It was dark. We had no lights. I didn't, we didn't even have flashlights. Or, it was primitive, okay? We were a little... I wake up the next morning, didn't know anything. Nothing seemed to happen. <laughs> Sorry, the story. I just remembered what happened. and I, you know, I hitchhiked back to where I lived. This is way back when, you, when hitchhiking was still wrong and stupid. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a different world back then. And I'm me. I'm me, not you, okay? Don't hitchhike ever. Bad. Don't pick up hitchhikers. I can tell you stories about picking up hitchhikers that are some ways worse than the ones about when I hitchhiked. So, sorry, I'm off subject. Got home, hitchhiked home. The next morning I wake up, and from my waist to my feet was bright, bright red. I mean, and it itched like nothing I have ever felt before or ever felt since. It was painful. I went to the doctor. All I could put on was sweatpants. I didn't even put on shorts because I didn't want anybody else to go, oh my gosh. I put on sweatpants because it didn't, it rubbed less than jeans. I get to the doctor and the doctor goes, how can I help you? I said, I have uh, poison ivy. And he goes, where? I said, on, on my legs. He goes, well, let me see it. And I put on my sweatpants and he goes, whoa. Whoa, that's bad. I, whew, I don't know if I've ever seen it that bad on anyone ever. From my waist all the way down to my feet, solid, solid. It got so bad, I'll spare you, I'll spare my wife the details. But think of the word pussy. No, I, I could go way deeper into that. I, that's not a detail. That's just a generality. It was places of, spu- of pussy, okay? Anybody want to go out for lunch after service? So I go to the doctor and he goes, well, I can give you some calamine lotion. I can give you this. That's... That's, it'll help with the itch, but it's just going to have to go away. And I went, you've got to be kidding me. So I go home, and I, I can't go to work. There's no way I could go to work. This was Monday. Tuesday, I didn't go to work. <clears throat> Wednesday, I didn't go to work. Thursday, I didn't go to work. Monday was bad. Tuesday was worse. Wednesday was worse. Thursday was about the same worse, just to be honest. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm I'm sitting there, can't go to work. So what am I doing? I'm not married at that time. We're not, you know. And I'm just so I sit and I read the word, 
because I had nothing else to do. And I read the Word. I just read the Word all day long. Started reading the Bible, started reading about... And I, stay, I stayed in the New Testament. Because if you stay in the Old Testament, you're, you're going to be like, you know, God looks and He goes, you are pussy for a reason. <laughs> you deserve your pussiness. I stayed in the New Testament. I was, read, I was reading about what Jesus did. I was reading about healing. By, by Thursday, I'm like, by His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. And I, I'm reading this, I'm going, okay, God, I'm in. i got nothing to lose. I have nothing. I am in as much pain as I can, can be in with this condition. I give up. Lord, I need your healing. I need your healing manifested in my body. Lord, I receive it. Lord, I need... I, I, yes, I'm in. I'm in. I'll take it. Went to bed that night. I woke up the next day and it was gone. Gone. Now then I had to go to work. I wasn't really planning on going to work, but, <laughs> but I went to work. But it was gone. Years ago, I had a, a condition called cellulitis. Anybody ever know what cellulitis is? The doctor tells me that I should not go in hot tubs because my skin is very sensitive. And it gets, it's, a, it's a bacteria that gets into your leg or into your skin, and if it's not, if it's not treated quickly, it will kill you. The first time I ever got it, I went in, the doctor went, whoa, yeah, you've got cellulitis, Gave me penicillin. I was on penicillin for weeks, 20-some days or whatever, and it went away. Second time, we were in Europe. And I, we were at the last place where we are. I woke up in the morning, and I can tell I've got it again. I, I had gone into a hot tub. Duh. Get home, take the, take the pill, went through it again. 21 days. But they tell you after a while, this stuff can become resistant to penicillin or whatever they give you. The third time, I don't remember going in a hot tub, but I had, the third, I had it a third time in my leg. It's always, it was, was always in my left leg, and it's bad, man. It's, and if, and I, I actually have a friend who died from it years ago because he didn't know what it was. He didn't go to the doctor. He didn't treat it, and he died. And the, and the devil's telling me, I'm going to kill you. This is the one that's going to kill you. The, the, the penicillin's not going to work anymore. It's not going to work. And, and I, went, I got the penicillin, went through 21 days, of the, and it went away. Third time. The fourth time, I start having the symptoms. I can feel the, the, the pain in my leg because it's painful. I can feel the pain in my leg. I go to the doctor. I'm like, oh, I'm, now I'm ticked. I said, this is the fourth time. I did not go in a hot tub. I don't know where it came from, but I did not go in a hot tub. And I, I go to the doctor, and I said, I need penicillin. He goes, well, for what? And I said, because I have cellulitis. Let me see. Yep, you've got cellulitis. I, I, got, I could diagnose it for you. If you ever have it, just call me. I can tell you what it looks like. They give me the penicillin. Once, you do the, once it starts, it takes weeks to go away. Went to the doctor. He gave me the prescription. We're driving home because I, my leg hurt so much. Debbie had to drive home. I'm in the passenger seat. We pull into our garage. She gets out of the vehicle, goes in the house, and I'm sitting there and I'm ticked. And I said, that is it. I am done with this. 
I am not putting up with this anymore, and I command you to get out of my body. I, I have been healed, I am healed, and I will always be healed. Get out of this body and never come back. The next day it was gone. By the grace of God. It wasn't because I got angry. I got angry because I'm me. It's by the grace. I didn't heal myself. Jesus healed me. 2,000 years ago. I am healed. I will be healed. What if, what if you struggle with something? Then, I, then I've learned to not put up with it anymore. Just start attacking that thing right away. Now I had a cold two weeks ago. Started having a cold, chest cold kind of stuff. Sorry, I'm running late. Thought I'd be out of here early, but this is worth it. You need to hear this. Started having a cold, started having the achy body stuff. And, I, and the first few days I'm like, oh, I, I don't feel good. And then all of a sudden I went, wait a second. Why am I putting up with this? Why am I letting this have any place in my life? And I said, in the name of Jesus, get out. Leave me alone. Get out of my body. Get out of my family's body. I'm not going to give it to my wife. I'm not going to give it to my, my kids. I'm not going to give it to anybody. I am healed. By grace, you've been saved. And saved is not just not going to hell. Saved is saved. Your life is saved. Your health is saved. Your protection is saved. You are saved. What happens when it doesn't seem to work? That's next week. Everyone stand up, please. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Now, here's why I didn't do the announcement of the, of the elders coming forward. I'd like them to come forward now. And we're gonna, they're gonna agree with you. They're gonna stand with you. If there's anything in your body, I am so tired, sick and tired of sickness and disease and any kind of attack on, on our bodies. We are gonna deal with this and we're gonna keep dealing with it and we're not giving it any ground. So I want you, if you have anything going on that you're, and and you go, well, it's only this. Don't deal with that. Don't give it, don't give the devil an inch because he'll take a mile. He'll take 10 miles. If you have anything that you want agreement on, prayer on, whatever it may be, healing or whatever area, physical or emotional or mental or whatever, I want you to come up and these folks are going to pray with you. They're gonna, they're, we're gonna see miracles. We're, it's time. Amen. You can come right now. Don't wait. Yeah. Come, keep coming. We're gonna close out the service and, and they're gonna, we're gonna pray. I need some more elders up here because the, those two elders, oh, there's two, there's two sets. You just want to slide around over here. Probably use, use one more set. I think that'd be great. This, this sickness thing, this infirmity down in, down in Prescott. Be praying for the other churches. Because Prescott, the church in Prescott, it has been going through a battle, a war. Where is, who came up to me and said that? Somebody said something to me about, where's Patty? Is it Patty? She's busy. She had a word. And I said, it's going to fit in better. Well, it's now, but she's busy. We're not going to stop her. We're in a battle. This is a battle, and we're not giving into that battle. We're not gonna. We're not gonna let anybody else. The, the, the church in Prescott has been. The, Pastor John said he prayed about it. He says they're dealing with a spirit of infirmity. People are going to the hospital and having medical emergencies and all kinds of. It's like no, we're gonna stop this right now in Jesus' name. 
This is not going to continue on. We don't give an inch to the devil. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. But it's by His grace. It's not because how mad I get. I get mad because I'm me. I get strong. I get... Ugh. But it doesn't, doesn't take that. I could just sit in here and go, you're done. In Jesus' name. Not putting up with this anymore. You're done. It's a conviction in your heart. It's a, it's a belief. It's, a, it's faith in Him who can do it. Who has done it. In Jesus' name. Father... Thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives for life. Life, I speak life and life more abundantly over this congregation, over RVFM, over every church, over every parishioner, everybody that's going to the churches, over every pastor, over every minister. Father, I thank you for life. I speak life into those bodies, those mortal bodies, and that we will, that we see the manifestation of healing in every way. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love you, and I thank you that this week is going to be blessed in everything we put our hands to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.